What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Metal Cuff! Hey, behaves! Oh, man. Don't you love gifts, John? Who doesn't love a gift? I don't receive receive many anymore, though. It makes the ones you get special. Like, we got one today. You got one today. <laughs> that, that we did. Thank our lucky stars. For Mike Sando. Did you know he was a member of The Athletic? I, you know, honestly, I don't, think, I don't think I did. Maybe I did. I don't think I did. I did not. And I'm, uh, I don't even know what I'd be considered. I wouldn't go team member, contributor. You know, like, uh, I'm like one of Farhan's roster guys. I come up and down. I, I, you know, you just never know when you'll see me. See, to me, you're like the future of baseball when you go home run derby in the 11th. You're on the roster. You just, they just, you know, you need a home run in the 11th. You call Middlecoff for, you call him, you know, to the batter's box. Very, very true. You see Zach Green, the dude the Giants brought up from Jesuit High School. No. Yeah. Went to Jesuit High School. I, I did not know that. He's hitting bombs in the Rivercats. Nice. Don't sleep on, uh, I don't even know. I was going to call it Pacific Heights, but it's uh, something Heights. Citrus Heights is where Citrus I think Heights is, is, that where, it is? is where Jesuits at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what would be great, John? For those of you that haven't read Mike Sando's article, 2019 Quarterback Tears, 55 coaches and executives rank the NFL starters. Is you go to ease.com, you get a quick delivery, and you uh, fire up the article, and you just make makes for a nice afternoon or whatever you're up to. Would you call it a dank week? Uh, dank deals, John. Dank the deals. Five-year anniversary. Dank deals coming up this week. Yeah, I mean, we, we love giving out dank deals, but it's more than dank deals. It's uh, it has everything from ease.com and easewellness.com. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. Again, ease wellness CBD. I had a dog. Uh, dog. I dog sat on Saturday night. I could have used some ease wellness doggy treats. It helps them, their anxiety, calms them down. You got things for the athletes, right? When you get the arth- little Todd Gurley arthritis, pop a little CBD. You need your THC. You go to ease.com. Has everything from vapes, which I love, pre-rolls. 
to you name it, they deliver it to your house. Basically, the Amazon of weed. It's hard to beat. Ease.com. And we always go with promo code HAM. $20 off your first purchase. Over $50 free delivery. Tell all your friends. We're big into grassroots. Big into word of mouth. Get after it. Not just Forget about Todd Gurley, John. Paul Pierce has got product on the site. I, I saw that. Big uh, new partner. We Haberman Middlecoff. Then we've added Paul Pierce. <laughs> Clearly just... There, there is no stopping the partner acquisition. Yeah. Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal license, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you 21 and over. Get verified online in minutes. See if it's delivering to you. And, of course, easewellness.com. That's E-A-Z-E, wellness.com, delivering uh, all, across, uh, all across the country. Promo code is HAM. All right, so there's a bunch of ways we can talk about this Mike Sando article, which came out on Monday. Uh, a lot of great quotes in it. Uh, we thought we'd break it up into a few different things, just talking about it in general, the big picture stuff, surprises, what stood out, our favorite quotes, and then we would talk specifically about Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr, who actually ranked back-to-back on this tiers list. It's broken into tiers, but it's also broken into just, boom, ranks them, just starting at the top, and it goes all the way down to uh, number 30. Does it go to 32? Yeah, 32, Josh. 32, Rose. yeah. I Personally, I'd, I'd like to attack Derek and Jimmy first. Okay. Yeah, unless you, you know, you want to no, go No, it's fine. One. We do whatever we want. Because I do Podcast. think, you know, maybe I'm, we're a little biased. I, I thought if I was just a helicopter parent for the NFL and I just attacked this article, some of the quotes for Derek were, to me, the most, you know, vitriolic. Is that a word? Uh, they were so negative. I mean, it was, it was. Cool. You felt like, yeah, I mean, I, it, there definitely felt like there was more than just a black and white evaluation of how a player plays behind some of those quotes, right? Yeah, because after guy that I read Carr, there was like Flacco and Jameis and Dalton. I was expecting, okay, here's the tipping point when it gets really ugly, right? The teeter-totter, like, you start talking like 10 NBA, the top 10 NBA players. Once you get to like 12, 13, 14, you start bringing in a lot of their weaknesses. And that's where I thought we were kind of headed here in this quarterback hierarchy. I was like, oh, the, the, the machine guns are going to come out for Andy Dalton. And then I'm reading Andy Dalton, and it was like, you know, Derek, what if he would have started his career with the Seattle Seahawks? Like, they were being positive. I'm like, Jesus. The Dalton quote, so Derek was ranked 19th. Uh, sorry, 20th. 20th. Jimmy G was 19th. The Andy Dalton quotes... Well, we'll get to Derek's quotes in a second, but just li- if you for if listen to Andy's quote, Andy's twenty second. Okay, so he's two spots behind Derek. Here's some of his quotes. He's a tier three player, three hundred sixty five days a year. Said a defensive coordinator. Not bad. Just is what he is. Then here's another one. Dalton was at his best in twenty fifteen when the Bengals were at their best from a talent standpoint. Then another one. I was surprised how solid he seemed last year. Then another one. Dalton's like a streak shooter in basketball. Hot and cold. Here's another one from an offensive coordinator. I think there's hope in this new scheme that it reinvigorates him. He's the classic jack-of-all-trades, maybe master of none. He's athletic, but not great athleticism. Good arm, but not great. In the right scheme, you play good around him. There's nothing that he's lacking to get over the hump. And that, those are all Andy Dalton's quotes, three spots behind Derek on this list. But so guy, Derek, to John. me, this is the one that stood out. You love these hypotheticals, an offensive coach said. You say, okay. Take Andy Dalton and trade him to Russell Wilson early in the career. So basically just flip-flop the two quarterbacks. What does that look like? We can't do that, but what if we were trying to do to get our minds wrapped around this exercise? 
What does this guy look like with all pieces around him? To me, I felt like this entire write-up leaned much more positive than negative. Would you agree? Yeah, it leaned not his fault that he's 22nd. Yeah, like the Bengals are fucked up. He, like, basically, to me, you read that, if you have a top 10 roster in the league and you get Andy Dalton, you're going to be in the playoffs and win some games. Like, I, I'd have confidence in him. That's that's the way I took it. And that's yeah. the way I, I honestly, I kind of look at him like that. So, let's, then he's also tier three, like Derek and Garoppolo are all, or tier three as well. We'll get to Jimmy next, but let's go to Derek then. So that we just read the quotes of a guy that's behind Derek on this list. Now, um, here is Carr, who, by the way, Sando has done this for a few years. In 2017, he was a tier, just inside the top number one tier, almost basically a tier two guy. Last year, also mid tier two, uh, and now at the bottom of tier two point nine, puts him on tier three. So you're saying you're saying after his MVP year. And I, I think we talked people in the league and just it was clear the articles being written. He was very, very highly thought of after that season, right? Yeah. People thought this is a young player whose ceiling is really fucking high. And it's it's taken a hard left turn after that, after he got shoved in the front seat of the uh, uh, of the flatbed, right? It's never been the same. I would say it started really flipping the back injury. I'm thinking of the back injury. Yeah, the back injury. Is that when it went viral for him crying? It was like, guys, he tore, he broke his back. And even Romo, remember, got his got his kind of defense back. and was like, I've yeah. had that suboptimal. Remember, it was a weird name. Right. Subflex Translux, or something. Translux. But then even, but it was weird because Jack kind of called him out. Like, yeah. yeah, we thought he had a muscle strain. Why couldn't he come back? It was it was a it was a bizarre moment. Yep. All right, so let's read some of these quotes. Uh, first quote, kind of positive. Quarterbacks coach, it's tough when guys get stuck in bad situations. Carr has number two, tier two ability, but he's probably just a tier three right now. Okay, off to a fine start. Then Sando writes, Carr inspired three voters to cite specific plays they'd witnessed or heard about that they thought reflected poorly on his ability to lead the team. I'll read these, and then I want you to say why these are significant, John, because you had a great point on this. Voter number one, he throws one against the Chargers. Fourth down, he threw the ball away. Just gave him the ball. It was the darndest thing I'd ever seen. I think that drives Gruden Gruden crazy, and he misses way too many throws. Would you agree that that might be the worst play of his career? Fourth and five, and just just threw the ball on the ground? Yep. Voter number two. Watch the last two minutes and 30 seconds of the game against Indy. He was just flinching in the pocket. They weren't even pressuring. It was like he conceded the game. And then voter three, the Chiefs game. He throws a pick six to the guy, Jared Cook, who isn't even running the route. It was, what the fuck? Okay, so there's three quotes. Okay, it just hit me. There is a chance that he has pulled these three voters that cited specific incidents and I read up until Derek, I read it verbatim, the entire article. Then I started skimming after that. I don't remember, besides like in the Super Bowl he was bad or kind of general, you know, takes specific incidents with any of these players. Like people aren't going, you know, third quarter, Carson Wentz, he had this out route. Like it's this is kind of crazy. There is a chance all three of these guys are AFC West coaches. 
Because to me, they would be able to recite stuff like that just because you're game planning, you see a bunch of cross tape. That would be a possibility. I would say, though, the likelihood of these three guys being AFC West would be relatively smaller. So I'd say there's a decent chance, having been someone when Howie Roseman walks into the pro scouts, hey, writes on the whiteboard, let's watch these seven players and do a breakdown. They are now on the trading block. This type of stuff happens right around the combine once all the GMs start talking to each other. And it's just, you know, players are on the trading block that aren't really on the trading block, but the teams would be open to it. And all these GMs are just exchanging ideas so you can get more of a deep dive in on the player. And with a quarterback, more than like a running back's less about, you know, in third day, you know, it's more just general stuff, catches the ball well. But with a quarterback, you need to break down situations, right? To me, this reads like these coaches were given, hey, this guy might be available for trade. Let's take a deep dive and look at him, right? Because that, like, it wasn't that all three examples were the same game. Like, Derek had this one polarizing game. This The entire league is going to remember. It was a Charger game. It was an Indy game. And it was a Chiefs game. God, I don't even remember two of the three of these moments. And, and I talk about, you know, Derek Carr for a living, partially. Like, I, I don't remember the Chiefs pick six. I definitely remember the Charger play. The Indy play... Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. But it's just, that that's, I think it's pretty clear. And then the next quote you're going to read, let's, let's call it what it is. You know, it, there was a moment where I think Gruden thought he might be able to get his hands on Kyler Murray. And if he was going to draft Kyler Murray, what would he have done with Derek? Derek would not have been a Raider anymore. You know, so, and I think both him and Jimmy, there's going to be a theme with these guys if they both go bad or if one of the two of them go bad. They have a combined $7 million of dead cap space. $7 million combined, guy. So if, if one of these guys shits the bed, if, if, if it goes weird for either one of these guys, because I see Raider fans doing it all the time, like when Florio brings it up, they will not be on the team next year. Again, it, it, would, it would have to go really bad for Jimmy. But Derek, I think it's safe to say, if they go 5-11 and 11, has a bad year, do you agree he will not be a Raider next year? I do agree. I do feel obligated to say that the the clip, um, the clip says uh, they they cite specific plays they witnessed or heard about. The heard about thing throws me a little, but it, but that could be as simple as they did deep dives and somebody they're having the meeting right, and the guy says here's here's a play on Derek. I don't know what that means exactly because yeah, these are all I, really I specific. Ma- I would imagine Sando doesn't want to get into a situation where it'd been like Derek's on the trading block because then that becomes a story in a story. This story yeah, is simply be. about the quarterback tiers. It's an easy one to kind of preface it by that. Again, I, I do. I, I this is just a theory of mine. I, I'm not no, even I think I'm it's right. A, yeah, I think it's a really good theory. I do remember. The, I do remember the Cook one, and it was weird because I didn't quite know when it happened, not knowing the play really. Like, is that Cook's fault? Like, it was one where Cook was almost like he was out there blocking. Didn't turn around. Oh, yeah. And it was to the sideline, and the guy just – the ball was coming. Cook wasn't looking. He picked it off and took it to the house. Sorensen. So, I, I, I remember that now. Was that week 17? Uh, Maybe they, they played him a lot earlier in the season. Was it? I don't know. Where, where was that second game? Was that – I think it was in Oakland. The pick. See, that's what my, maybe my memory's fading. But I, by the time the Raiders were well maybe it out of it, I, I wasn't know. quite as locked yeah. into the Raiders at Oakland game with the Chiefs. Maybe it was. I don't remember. But uh, 
But yeah, no, I think that's a good theory. But I don't think that's a. It's the only. Is it the only guy in here that has like really specific plays? I, I'm telling you, guy, three? I'd have to reread it. But to me, the, those stuck out. Now I was yeah, looking I mean, at look, Jimmy I think we, and Derek a little more intently, but it was pretty. I nice. think anyone that's that's listening going ah, John, that's a stretch. I would say look, um, as I'm just I'm scrolling back through, I think having a write up on a player that has three specific plays is an outlier in this article. One thing, one so, theme of this article that you see sometimes is like a defensive coordinator will say, when we played Wentz, I saw him make throws. Like you see that a lot. When we play Roethlisberger, he still does this. Like when, when we game plan against Andrew Luck, we think he's elite. You see that. But this was like you said, either they witnessed like they're kind of helicoptering in on this. They're not, when we played Derek, we knew he will wilt. It was no. When I studied him, now again, he prefaced it differently, but that's the way, you don't, oh, I heard something. With two minutes and 30 seconds left in Indy, you don't hear, people don't talk like that, right? To, to be able to recite specific down and distance and situation, you know? Also, now there are a lot of quotes that he doesn't say who the person is. Right. But he identifies these people as voter one, voter two, voter three. It would be alarming if all three of them were general managers. Right. Yeah. I, my takeaway was like if it, if it said defensive coordinator, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think this. But if all three said GM or assistant GM, you'd go, whoa, my, my takeaway was these were coaches, either offensive or defensive coordinators. Or head coaches. That's what I assumed. Because if, if a player's on the trading block, a player of Derek Carr's stature, like a guy that could be your starting quarterback, you would put a lot of emphasis on your coach and your offensive coordinator evaluating them more than just yourself as a GM. Like you, your, your coaching okay. staff, like when it comes to, hey, Middlecoff, if, I was, if, you, if Haberman was a GM, and you're like, I want you to watch Jimmy Ward. We're not wasting our coach's time too much until I, I give you like, yeah, I think we should really look at this guy. But if it's Derek Carr and I'm your pro scout, you might go right over my head. Like you might just go to the offensive coordinator. Hey, could you break down five of his games? Like in the, you know, if this was March 1st, let's, mm-hmm. let's do a deep dive on this guy. You and the quarterback coach and tell me what you think. Hell, you might even get your quality control guy because you'd want to break down situation. You'd approach it if you were trading for a quarterback like a game, you would do a very deep dive, more than just the the GM scrolling and doing strengths and weaknesses, right? Yeah. It's just too important, and you'd end up paying him too much money. But, again, we – I'm very confident if Gruden could have got Kyler Murray, he would have traded Derek. But, again, he didn't, and he's going to go with Derek. And they've said all the right things. I, I, I think this next thing that – We haven't even got to the – amazing quote maybe the most amazing quote in the entire article yeah i i think it was the it was the i had to read it twice go ahead read it you you do a better job you want me to do it okay uh this does not have oh this says offensive coach so this quote is from an offensive coach he is sensitive and needs encouragement and that is not the style he's going to get when someone shows disappointment in him disappointment in him he shrinks the head coach not coming out and completely endorsing him has to be eating him alive. When there is blame to be placed each week, it falls to the quarterback. 
and that's going to be a problem. So they had better hope they win, or it's going to be rocky for him. Well, like which, I mean, where, where do you start with that? I think you start with the Sensitive first. Sensitive needs encouragement. The... Shows disappointment. He shrinks. <laughs> Eat him alive. I think Holy you start shit. with the first sentence. The league, because again, this is the league talking. And if you go like a Raider fan will go, this is just one coach's opinion. Yeah, but the other three voters, who I'm just going to assume for argument's sake, are different than this guy. It's it's. I mean, it's massive red flags on they think the guy's tough, they think he does dumb sh- or they think he's sensitive, they think he's not tough, and they think he does dumb shit. Like, they're not even talking, we're done talking about, like, he's got a big arm, he can make all the throws. They, they completely, that's irrelevant to them. They think he's a mental midget, they don't think he's tough enough, and I'm not, we're not talking physical toughness, toughness, because I think we've seen enough, he can battle through injuries and play. It's that... And this is what makes me the most nervous of can he be- get back to 2016. He was so confident in the pocket that year. That's the reason he was just slicing and dicing people. And that's what basically they're saying when the slightest thing goes wrong. And that year, a lot of things went wrong when they went 11-3 and under his watch because he had all those fourth-quarter comebacks. So they were down in all those games. That's what I think people forget. about. They weren't just kicking the shit out of everybody. They were in a lot of tight games, and he made big plays in the fourth quarter when, quote-unquote, guys usually shrink, right? And he, he didn't. He rose. And I, I also think they're kind of indirectly saying, well, Gruden's kind of an asshole. He's not the easiest guy to be around for the quarterback, and this is not the best fit. And remember, it was last year the narrative was you can't swear at him, which I knew was stupid because Pat Hill swears all the time. That's is the NFL, you know? To me, it's more about when you get blasted in a meeting for do- doing, like, Derek. Yeah, the, the the guy in the screen in that Charger game was not looking at you. But you have to just throw it to your fucking offensive lineman. Like, you throw it in the ground, the game is over. Like, in the history of wars, when they throw up the white flag, that's we might as well just throw up the, just start walking in the locker room because we just conceded. And yeah, what's the offensive line? At least you tried. That's what the NFL the guy didn't even try to win. And I, well, I mean, like offensive lineman, he'd be like, "Well, you don't, you don't know the rules. They're not eligible." But yeah, pick somebody, I, I, well, pick somebody. whoever. I mean, Jared Cook was around there. W- whatever it was, throw a pick. You're saying, yeah, throw a do pick, something. If, if. And I think last year Gruden got crushed, and rightfully so. The, the entire blame of the shit show was on John Gruden. This year, it's like, well, John did go out and get Antonio Brown. They signed Tyrell Williams. They took a first-round running back. They drafted, or excuse me, they they signed Trent Brown. Like, they've added some pretty key pieces here on offense. Like, the excuses for Derek are, well, can you just play at a highly functionable level? Not even Pro Bowl, but just, that's, a, that's an Andy Dalton, you know? Because that's where I, the league thinks he's terrible right now. Because to me, these quotes are way worse than his ranking. To me, these quotes read like someone you'd see at the end of the list, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is where he's been. Like, people still think what's unsaid here, and which is what you said, is that there's still a lot of skill. Well, and the the end of the list is full of, like, first and second year quarterbacks, which we just don't have information on. It's like the Darnolds, the Allens, the Trubiskys, where, like, this guy is... Uh, a Max Deal quarterback who has been in the mix for a Pro Bowl, and now he's like 
they, they have him right next to like Flacco. They, they think he's close to being kind of done as a guy, which is crazy. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to go that far yet, but I will not dispute the importance of this year. Like, I, I, we're going to talk about Jimmy here soon. Derek's played 16 games two years ago, or 15 games two years ago, and I think 16 games last year. It might be 15 and 15, whatever. Like, Jimmy, we died to see Jimmy get 30 games or 31 games worth of sample size, right, for the next two years right. of Jimmy. Then I can right. make, then we can have a legit, you know, we feel concrete about our opinion. Right now it's a lot of like, yeah, this, that. With Derek, like, we have a pretty large sample size now, right? That's We had a lot of game tape. Not just a five-game stretch or a ten-game stretch. Multiple seasons. Now, the one telling thing, this first quote was, when guys get stuck in bad situations. People of the last 20 years go to the Raiders to suck. I mean, that's just a fact. It's why we gave Derek and Khalil a lot of credit. They went there and they succeeded. It's hard. I mean, you just they're moving next year. Their schedule sucks this year. Their coaches, you know, it's just it's not the easiest place. It's not, it's not a stable environment. Yeah, if we're going to play devil's advocate, not devil's advocate, but just give some counter here, the multiple coaches – uh, is a big part of it, and coordinators, although maybe you contribute to that, right? Like, we talked about that um, before. But I uh, I do think this, especially the way the game is played now and coached now, the guy that screams and yells at his quarterback is not – is that guy in the majority of the minority? Now, I mean, guys do – like, we've been out – coaches do talk pretty aggressively to quarterbacks, but – and I don't know that John like yeah John, Gruden's on the high end of being a dick to the quarterback for for an I, offensive I just, coach. My ultimate point is if your thought is my quarterback is sensitive and needs encouragement, then if you want to get the most out of him, then you coach him that way, right? I, I would say the majority. I would say the majority of quarterbacks fall on that side. I, I, I think what was telling here was when someone shows disappointment, like when things start going a little wrong, when it doesn't feel like the coach is like, this is terrible, he shrinks. That's to me, not that everyone's getting yelled at in some form or fashion. you got to treat the quarterback a little differently. I get it. But it's like when things go wrong, he gets shitty. Like one thing I, he can't say this year, and I know he'll say it, like you get smoked in a game, we just got to work harder. Like, yeah, stop saying that, Derek. We, we get it. Like you got to play better. <laughs> That's... Like that's that's the time. No, agree. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, I don't think some of this stuff is atypical for quarterbacks in 2019, and ultimately the coach has a decision to make. Like, am I just going to be who I am with every guy? Could, couldn't or, you have said? Couldn't you have had the same quote for Rodgers? Probably. I mean, I like. It's Jack. Was Jack Del Rio the best head coach for Derek Carr? I do think he treated him very softly, though. That's what was good for him. Like he was just. He was sensitive with him. I, I, I give yeah, Jack maybe. credit on that. I, I think Gruden looks at it like we got to get more out of him. And until the he what? But until he until the in, the injury thing got weird. Well, because I think, I think that he was, started. I think he started turning on him. Yeah, I I because they were losing, and he realized he wasn't any good. My, all I'm saying is, quarterbacks who need encouragement are not in the minority. I don't think. And ultimately, then it's on a coach to say, "All right, this is what I got here." Like we were talking about it with Drew Locke and Vic Fangio the other day. How do I get the most out of this player? And maybe that's where John DeFilippo was really good with him, right? But I think if you talk to people about Flip as a coach, 
like his strength was like with Derek or Wentz is he's hard on the guys, but in a but he's a quarterback, so in a quarterbacky old way. But he is uh, he yells at you. I know he yelled at Wentz. He yelled at Carl. Like he and again when I say yell, like that's part of coaching. You just get loud, right? You know and let's go. Yeah, I think Gruden we gotta is a, be better. You know, you watch you watch like NFL films of Andy. He's all over his quarterbacks. Yeah. I think Gruden is just a little crazier version of that. Yeah, I think it's very fair to say he's the craziest version of offensive coordinator in the league. But you'd say from the outside, you'd go, "Well, I bet Bill O'Brien's kind of nuts with his quarterback." But maybe he's a little more sensitive with that player. I, to me, the most telling part about this entire write-up is I, I I don't know if the league could be any more like you could buy Derek Stock right now, like he's plummeted, you know. It, so if you are in the buying mode, like you could take a flyer on this stock and it won't cost well, you that much. Yeah, I mean, I think if we just went through all the guys on this list and said, "Who's the guy this year who's got the most in terms of if he's not going to be on this team, is someone else going to look at him and go, "I see what no one else sees." Um. If Flacco, we're past that point with him. Like I, I think just, I think scanning the the league, you could make the case that nobody has a bigger make or break year at that position than Derek. I think you'd probably put Mariota in that conversation too. Um, but it feels like it'd be those two: Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. I would agree. Maybe you know, I don't think Jameis is on that level. I don't think, in terms of just being like quite that make or break. Well, I, you know, you know, now that you bring up Mariota. His write-up was the other one for a guy that's been in the league like four or five years that was pretty down. I think there was a quote that basically said, there are players, where I think it was a defensive coach, where you look at your unit and say, let's make him go the length of the field because he'll fuck it up. That's what they said about Mariota. I, I would put Mariota and Carr in the same category. And, you know, if you told me, a hey, middle class, if you can have one of the two of them right now, I think I'd have to do some research and film study. Like, that would be a tough call. But I think at the end of the year, more than likely, there's a chance both of them are available, right? And both of them have had some success. They've been highly touted guys. Derek's already been paid, so it's a little different. Like, the, the difference would be Derek would get cut and just be available for, like, he wouldn't be getting that much money if it went really ugly. Mariota, I think... Is he in his fifth year option this year? Yeah. So what? Like, are, he would just they just let him walk. That's kind of unheard of. It's a tough situation. The other part of that quote about Mariota, and this is the other part where it parallels Derek. What you said was exactly the quote. Let's make him drive the field. He'll fuck it up. But the first part of that quote was, I don't think he's confident, and he doesn't make the tight throws. See that to me, there's the difference of sounds like sounds like the tight throw thing. I feel like I told you that about that was my uh, Mariota scouting report coming out of Oregon. Same. I think the I think the one parallel that was a good job by GM Haberman is that the yeah, parallels thanks. of Derek and Mariota is they carry themselves sometimes like unconfident players. The difference is like when Derek's humming, he's zipping balls into kind of crazy places. Mariota's not. That's where I think if you were gonna take a flyer, like if both of them are available next year and they both look like uh uh-uh, uh you would rather take a flyer with Derek just because he's a little more prototypical where Mariota's a little more new age, but he's a new age without the ability to like sling it, right? Yeah. My gut reaction when you said that earlier, like three minutes ago, was I would just right now, it would be Derek. Not not knowing what this year looks like. 
just because I think there are throws he can make. I think 100% if you were taking a flyer on either guy to be your starting quarterback, hoping you can resurrect the second half of his career, you know, they're both five years into it, so you get the next five years at a higher level, you would take Derek over Mariota. But again, this is this is why I go back to... But I don't think you'd be this, like, if someone's like, I'd rather have Mariota, I don't think you or I could look at that guy like he's nuts, right? No, no, absolutely not. But I also think this is partly... Like, John, I know this player's been good, so are you going to build him up or not? I know he's not your first choice, but Gruden, I know he's been good. I'll tell you this, too. If you're Sam Amick or whatever... You're crazy if you don't do a top 30 list in the NBA and do this exact list, right? This well, is- it turns out, John, I think I, I'm looking back at my emails. That I got an email from The Athletic that I think today announced the expansion of NFL coverage and Sando was like national NFL writer. So this might be his first article for The Athletic. It, I, it is. But I'm saying that this article, even when it was ESPN, was always a big deal. Like, this is just a big yeah, yeah, deal yeah. every I was, year. Sorry, I was addressing something different. Just I, I just think question. this article, with basketball could do a good job on this, too. I mean, it's just a sweet article. Well, it's like people like Bob McGinn. Like, I hate anonymous scouts. Well, I don't. I love them. They just it, say whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, honestly, it always pisses me off when people in the media... Go like, I can't believe, put a name on it. Well, guys, you know, one, they can't. And two, the media, us, we live for this stuff because this, we're kind of the bridge because we know these people and it's healthy. Like, this is how these guys think. Like, the one thing clear about this whole entire article is I don't see many like vendettas or whatever. This is what these people believe. Now, maybe there's a couple in there. We're all humans, right? Certain well, coaches hate You get a bunch of people. You're just going to find somebody who hates somebody. But I also, I've read a couple in this, might have been on Wentz or a guy where a coach would be like, you know, I don't like him as much, but our head coach love is terrified of this player. Kind of saying, like, me as a coordinator, I whatever, my coach thinks he's good, though. So it's like, that's to me, those are very, very healthy conversations. This is the healthiest article that can happen in a day and age when everything feels just made up on the NFL. Now, partly is you have a, you have a reporter – I don't even know what you consider. Is he, he's not a reporter, but whatever he is, that just knows a lot of people and like can just give a legitimate article, right? Yeah, reporter, columnist. I don't. I don't know what. It, yeah, he's a reporter. So you live in Seattle. I don't know if he still. I mean, that's always kind of been. We used to remember we used to talk to him a lot, and that's wasn't he the Seahawks Nation or? I'm sure, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I. I mean, I think just to kind of put a bow on this Derek thing is, you might be right. I mean, like there's pressure right on Wentz. But let's say they go 6-10. and 10. They're not cutting them. But, you know, there's pressure on Dak. Well, if they have a down year, they're still going to franchise tag him. You know, the, <laughs> Derek is a guy who's been maxed out, who the league thought was, like, going to be the next one of the next stars in the league. I think we all thought, after 2016, why can't this guy become a top-five quarterback? And that feels like he's fighting to just be a top-20 guy. And this, I think, is also what makes football... When you talk quarterbacks, so insane is the roller coaster ride and the ebb and flow of the majority of guys. Like, there's the Rodgers and the Brady's, but most guys are Kaepernick, are Carr, are RG3, are Flacco, are Eli, that are fucking up and down, right? That one day you're like, Kaepernick could be the best player in the league. And two years later, you're like, this guy's terrible. RG3. Say what you want. I, I never loved RG3, but his rookie year, you went, Jesus, this guy's like a more accurate Michael Vick. And then three years later, he's not even in the league. That's that's what makes his position, I think, when we take a step back, 
evaluate slash have just a healthy conversation about it. Why it's so hard. So, so hard. <laughs> because it's it's just it's just the hardest thing to do. I mean, it's so difficult. And the more tape they get on young guys, and I think it's natural too for young guys, a young Kaepernick, a young Derek. It's just human nature. You get a bunch of praise, you win, you start feeling yourself a little bit. And it, it, the slightest bit of taking your foot off the pedal can get you exposed the Mike Tyson uppercut <laughs> like the next game. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing that makes it hard is there are just so many moving parts to a football play. What was called, who executed what. And you never truly know what's coming at you on the other side, what they're going to call despite what it looks like. It's the ultimate thinking man's position. It, it, well, it, it really, to me, and it's been hammered home in my mind, is prob- once you get to the NFL level. like You have to have a baseline of the physical check marks. But once you become an NFL starter, you know every guy on this list is a ch- checks the mark. Some guys have better physical attributes than others, but they all check the marks. Then it becomes all about upstairs and all the intangible stuff that drives the analytical people nuts. But that is what truly separates the guys on this list. Uh, I know there are people out there that are trying to quantify how quickly a quarterback processes, right? Like trying to measure in your brain what you see and how quickly you understand what you're seeing. And um, I think that's the I think that's the next great measurement for a quarterback. But how would you ever do that, guy? Yeah, with, I mean, there, there are people who believe the science will be there, is starting to get there, where you can measure that. So you, you know my thoughts? No, no, no. It's just how quickly you react to what you're seeing, how quickly what is going into your eyes gets organized by your brain, and you're able to then react to it. You're saying that I'm able to like take a quarterback play and know how fat, like this guy's a half-second faster than that guy? I'm saying there are people out there who believe that they can, yeah, figure out you have to actually, it's not watching film. It's like you have to, you're individually testing people. Gotcha. Um, so, like, and that's, you know, we talk about, like, how fast does he process? Like, that's what we're. You know what's funny? I, I, my first reaction was like, God, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then I started thinking, if, if I made that comment, I would be no different than me making fun of a guy for being rigid with his baseball takes. You have to be open-minded. Of course, that, that 100% that's going to be impossible one day. I like that you brought that in. Yeah, it's exactly the same. <laughs> refuse to be ri- refuse to be rigid. Uh, okay, because so, you agree. Like you, the first you hear it against human nature, like that's insane. That's not possible. Or right. like, how is that truly going to parallel football? Yeah, but, well, that's also like to me that falls in the category of like, one day people will fly. It's just there's a scientific like there. This is science. It's like there's not science that allows for that. How are you going to measure? But yeah, maybe one day you'll just walk up to somebody and you won't have to talk. This is unrelated to this. You're just brainwaves. Just boom, boom. I hope that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jimmy G. Jimmy G, one spot ahead of Derek, also tier three. I think this illustrates what you were saying a moment ago about how differently people could think. Garoppolo head. He's on the third tier. 31 can I, can tier I give th- us a little credit, too, for people think we're Raiders haters? We talked about the Raiders before we talked about the Niners. Well, the quotes were more explosive. Uh <laughs> true uh but yeah give us credit john tier three 31 votes that's where he is he had four he had nine tier four votes he had 15 tier two votes um his quotes are i think largely positive the quotes about him 
This is what I said about Garoppolo. He's really accurate. He's smart. He's athletic. But he hasn't played a lot of football, and you see it at times. I just think he's got everything if he can stay healthy. It sounds like he'll have a better cast this year, and he's got the coach. That's what a GM said. Uh, Another guy. We played them in 2017, and a little like Darnold with the Jets and Baker with the Browns, everybody was walking a little taller because he was there, said one exec. Our so podcast downloads raise our hand, too. We, we like Jimmy G. In that's our right. Lives. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a good call. This is an offensive coordinator talking about a specific game against the Titans in 2017. There was one ten left. He had no timeouts. They needed a field goal. He took it right down the field, said this coordinator. He's accurate. He's got a strong enough arm. He's mobile enough to make plays outside of the pocket when he needs to. And in high-pressure situations, doing that against a playoff team, I said, this guy has a chance. Uh, what about the injuries, says Sando? And this is what a QB coach said. Injuries does not mean he's worse. His skills are the same. He needs to stay healthy, and all those things will show. So that's all of the Garoppolo quotes. Well, let's start with the middle one about the Darnold and the Baker this one. This guy has a chance. Th- yeah. th- there is no argument that when Jimmy's on the field, and this is the power of having a quarterback, your fans, your coaches, your players, everyone in the goddamn building, if the game's at Levi's, thinks that the Niners can win the game. If the game starts and Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback, and if you're playing on the road, that team knows that this guy can beat you on the most basic level. The Niners have not had that in Kyle Shanahan's two years when Jimmy Garoppolo has not been on the field. Now... They lost a couple games last year, but you know going into that home opener against Mike Zimmer, like how seriously did they take Jimmy Garoppolo that game? Really seriously, right? He was just coming off five-game winning streak. The hype on him was strong. They just The tape spoke for itself, and we've seen what when he's not there. So on that most basic level, you got Jimmy on the field, you can win with him, at least based on the small sample size. That's where I'm talking like Derek. I can't say that as confidently, but his sample size is much bigger. Maybe but once Jimmy's, upon a time, you once upon a time you did. Yeah, and maybe when Jimmy thirty games later for Jimmy, I don't feel the same. But I, the sample size, I think he's the most unique player guy on this list because he's played ten fucking games, ten. But he's been in the league just going into a six year, and he's made one hundred and twenty million. Now he hasn't made all that yet, but you know what I mean. He's been ma- it's yeah. just a unique. It might be an all time outlier situation. It's just crazy, you know. And I also think that the way they described him is right. He's really accurate. He's a timing and rhythm guy. And this is guy, the league, giving the coach a little more love. They think I love him. He's got the right coach. So he's got Kyle Shanahan. Fits in perfectly in this one. He just hasn't played a lot of football. And I, I think last year, people were like, you know, he didn't look good in the Minnesota Vikings game. Well, one, week one's always just a crapshoot. Like every team in the league, for the most part, you get their haymaker in week one. They've been waiting all for nine months for a game. A lot of the starters don't play in preseason, especially when you're on the road. That place is nuts. Minnesota just happens to be one of the better home environments just in general anyway. That defense was loaded. I don't put that much stock in there. The next two games, a little iffy, yeah. But I also think, and you talk to people with the Niners, they thought he was pressing a little bit. He makes a ton of money. You know, he kind of felt the weight of the world on his shoulders. And then it was all just ripped away from him. So what I'm interested, like this year, if I had to guess, I doubt Jimmy Garoppolo plays in the preseason. Because the Rams these last two years have played nobody in the preseason. Just why even risk it? And you could make an argument, just give him a couple series. But 
Again, this is just I had no inside information, educated guess he does not play. I could be very wrong. He might start week, you know, preseason game one. I guess he doesn't play. What do you think? Uh, wow, that's a great question. I, I I don't think he can debut week one of the NFL season as a guy that's been hurt. I know you want to protect him in the preseason, but my counter to that would be I don't want him seeing game speed for the first time week one. Like I'd be concerned that he gets hurt doing that too, where he's had no he hasn't driven 45 miles an hour. He goes from zero to 60. Like, I want him to just drive drive 45 for a minute, get back to that, seeing a different team. Okay, maybe you talk me into it. Maybe maybe you give him a couple series in two games, right? Maybe, like, the second preseason game and the third preseason game, he gets a quarter or something. I, he's, I, out I, there with, he's out there with rookies he hasn't played with. I, I'm, not, I'm not pushing him to the limit in the preseason. I, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I agree there. But either way – I. What I'm fascinated to know, does he but come ultimately, out? Let me just follow, if I could follow up on that. Ultimately, like, if he's going to get hurt in the preseason, John, then you got to know. Like, yeah. <laughs> if he's, if he's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt, then we got to just be ready to move on. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so yeah. much you can do to protect your quarterback. In games, I guess you can do. We're not going to do any rollouts. We're not going to, you're not scrambling, throw the ball away. But I got to put you in games at some point. But I'm, but I'm saying, you look at the team you're going up against, the Rams who has kind of been set the bar now in this division, They their mindset is they don't mess with it at all, guy. I mean, you got to give Sean McVay some credit. He's got a little outside the box on that because people, I even gave him some shit. I'm like, this is nuts. Where is Jared Goff proven? And he was right. Yeah, I mean, so, I guess you could argue, right? Hey, the coach knows if the guy's ready to roll. Yeah. Better than I, anybody. So I, I just wonder when week one comes, whether at the end of the day, whether he plays the preseason or not, are we seeing the guy that because when he came for those last five games it was God he got he kind of had nothing to lose you know I, I was thinking about this Rory McIlroy shot 79 whatever you know the round one all this pressure on him and then he came back the next day shot 65 but at one point in time it looked like he might shoot 60 I don't give him that much credit for the 65 because he had nothing to lose guy he's one of the best fucking players in the world to me, that is not... I'm not taking the positive. I'm more taking the negative. Roy shit the bed. And again, I even if he just shot par, I, I don't need him to win the thing. But that was... I heard Bill Simmons say this yesterday on like House's pod, golf podcast. Like That's a blemish on his resume. I, 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 just, I was feeding for some golf stuff, so I, I clicked it. Mainly because Bill was on it, and it's just... He's right. Like that that's a blemish on your resume. You you got really really tight. You're you're too good to do that, Rory. Like you're not genius. Yeah. I mean, look, I I uh as a bottom line, I agree. As a bottom line, I agree. And I generally that's where we talk about these guys like look at all these top 10 finishes. Well, did you was it top 10 coming into Sunday you were top 10 and finished strong or were you 20 coming into Sunday and then people are people that are actually competing are falling off? and you ride it into the top 10. I will say this about him, because I think you're mostly right that he didn't have any pressure on him Friday, except for the fact that he did almost make, like he was, with three or four holes to play, remember, he was right at, he like fought back to the cut line. But, but my point is, guy, he can shoot 65 with the blink. He's one of the best players we've ever seen. Like his talent is too immense. And again, I, I can't even put to words the pressure, but part of being an elite, elite, being Rory McIlroy is, you can't shoot 79 in that situation. Like, your shittiest should be, like, 72. And if you're 72, you're I, fine. I agree. I mostly, like I said, I do bottom line agree. I do think that's pretty, 
Like, but, that's not but, big but, tournament but, pressure. That's a whole other, whole life's been building to this moment pressure. 100%. But my, my ultimate point, just on that Friday round, you got to play a little looser. You don't have to worry about it. You're yeah. like, I'm probably going to that anyway. Absolutely. And I do think there's some of that, if I'm taking a step back on those Jimmy last five games, like, he's a good player, but and, you know, when people like, you know, a shitty team, they played really well late in the season. Well, yeah, if I'm J.J. Watt, and I'm getting in the meeting on Wednesday, totally. and we're playing the 2-12 and 12 49ers, I'm sorry, I'm probably not approaching them like the 11-2 and two New England Patriots. So you can fly, to me, where you don't get approached like that, and I think we saw it last year, the Minnesota Vikings viewed the 49ers as a Super Bowl, right? Week one, it's as big as game as you're going to get. The Lions, and then the, the Chiefs. All those games were viewed as, you're an elite team. We're just, we're through... We're playing you. This is a big-ass game. And I think he didn't quite... It just looked a little different. And that's what... When I talk about the sample size, I do think it's fair to say, you know, you've overhyped... Because some people in the league and fans... And I do this sometimes. You can overhype a player before we have a lot of information. That's why I throw up the red flag on Baker. Yeah, I think Baker's going to be good, but we have a tiny sample size. Now, once I get three seasons worth... And I think we've seen this consistently, and this is where the Farhans and the Billies with baseball, I just need more information to make a decision. That's why you can argue, you can go to the Matt for Brady, for Breeze, for Rodgers. Like, they've been kicking the sh- Matt Ryan, been dominating for a long period of time. Like, there is no, once they get some tape on Big Ben, yeah, Big Ben's like fucking since 05, brother. <laughs> you know? So, it's just, that's, what are we talking about, Jimmy, in 2022 when, in, hopefully, if you can say healthy, three years of tape. Yeah, uh, when, I don't use when, the. When you're, I don't you're, think we use, but but I will say I don't think we use you and I use what he did at the end of that year when he became a Forty Nine er anymore when we talk about him. Well, but part of my I think a lot of what we talk about go, is based how good on, can Jimmy be, and I go I think he can be a top seven or eight quarterback yeah. is based on those games though. Partly, but I think I, I my interpretation of the way we've talked about him now for a while is that it's transitioned to. When we've watched him play, we've just seen the throws that he's made, the decisions that he's made, and uh, even though we haven't had a lot of them, said, okay, that's a continuation of, in a more real situation, him going uh, and becoming like an end-of-the-season superstar for five weeks. Well, while I'm betting, why I'm betting on him, Guy, is because of the skill set. Now, I, that's just, what I mean. he has to do it, though. And I, I think we've seen a lot of people with – "Quote unquote," the skill set that for whatever reason couldn't do it. That's where I yeah. think I'm not like in concrete. He's going to be a great player. I, I've even pulled back on Wentz a little bit. Like I just because you see over and over how hard the NFL is, how hard is sustained success at quarterback. Like Eli Manning has had a borderline Hall of Fame career, won two Super Bowls, and we go, God, how's he had like five or six just outlier shitty seasons throughout his career? Like it's just really difficult. And Eli. And Flacco, same thing. I've seen those guys in the biggest games. I've had money on them and against them and been terrified and been confident, you know? So I I just, I think Jimmy is one of the most, like if Derek has the most to prove, which I think is fair, because if he sucks, he will get cut. If he's good, the Raiders are in the fucking clear because they they have a kind of a cheap quarterback for the next couple years. Like they're in pretty good shape. I'd say Jimmy is like the greatest unknown in the league. Like, could he just be the MVP this year? Why? Could, could, like, would you be shell-shocked if he 
37 touchdowns, 12 picks, and the Niners won 10 games. No. And he's the MVP? I'd be shell-shocked by MVP. In in the MVP mix, right? Like having a conversation about it. As someone who believes in him, in the MVP mix... Well, the I, guy, the Niners make them. the playoffs this year. It, that would mean Jimmy is good and he'll be in the mix. Right, right, right. But, but like to me, there's a difference between make the playoffs and you're winning so much so fast that you, like that's how many how many games would the Niners have to win for you to think like Jimmy's got a legit chance to win this MVP? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. And then his numbers would have to be what probably like thirty-eight and ten. And just yeah. look, and just and just look it and just you know it when yeah. you see it like this guy's a superstar because <laughs> it was clear yeah. by about what'd you say early October like yeah Mahomes is just what the fuck is this you know <laughs> I mean it was like that first Steph Curry MVP year you're like uh, yeah this is I've never seen this you know I, I, and I don't think Jimmy's that because he's just you got to be like Favre or Mahomes like Manning was never like I've never seen this it was just like God this guy's unstoppable. But it wasn't he was throwing 90-yard bombs. It was just he's picking you apart. And, do, and he's got like six MVPs, right? To me, yeah, even to the, me, Peyton was like Ichiro Suzuki. Like, this guy just doesn't stop getting hits. <laughs> yeah, or 20 How does he not stop getting hits? Yeah, it's just, it's, he's relentless. You know, he's just a sheriff. He's just arresting everyone. Where I think the Brady that first year, once him and, him and Randy teamed up, you're like, oh, this isn't fair. <laughs> like, they're just throwing bombs. This, but it was more like Randy, like, oh my God, he's resurrected Randy. Now Brady had taken it to a new level, and that's where I think Far, or I mean Rogers was. He kind of is the perfect combo. It was like, God, I don't know if anyone in the league can do that. But he's also right. when he's on, he just kills you. It's like the double whammy. Where I think, uh, you know, Jimmy, he's gonna make some throw, some crazy plays because he's super athletic, some like Romo like, you know, scrambles and throw. But I think more than likely, if he's kicking your ass, it's going to be he's super consistent and accurate and just makes high-level plays that a $30 million quarterback makes. But it's not – he's not going to do no-look passes behind his back like like Mahomes. I don't know if right. he's ever gone behind his back, but I bet he eventually will. Could you see a behind-the-back Mahomes to like Tyreek for a touchdown? Wait, can I see Jimmy do that? No, Mahomes. Do you think he ever goes behind the back oh, and behind the a pass in a game? yes. yes. Uh, to give me the yes on that prop bet. Yeah, even if it's like he's getting sacked and kind of throws it, but it's just yeah, arm. One hundred percent, he is absolutely going behind his back. <laughs> I would agree. I think we get that this year. I would. He has definitely tried it. He's well, definitely all cor- all quarterbacks it. screwing around in practice do the little thing where they zip it behind their yeah, back. Yeah, we've all everyone's done it. Yeah, they just their ball just goes a little farther in a better spiral. So yeah, I, Mahomes will go behind the back. All right. Uh, let's get to some other stuff from this list, John. Uh, you want to go to best quotes or biggest, or like some of the biggest surprises? Well, I, I think we're both suckers, right, for a good like swear word in a quote from a scout or a coach about a guy. So one of mine we already said, which was just the Andy Dalton. He's a tier three quarterback, 365 days a year. I thought that was a great line. I loved, and I don't want to steal this one because you tweeted it, and that's why I initially saw it. And you've already kind of mentioned it, but the Tom Brady quote, like Steph Curry, one exact, you can try and find something on Brady, but he's just like Steph Curry. The first quarter might look like crap, but you'd better have a big lead because when it comes to nut cutting time, he's going to make it happen. I just, nut cutting time gets me every time. Um, so I thought that was a great one. Uh, 
maybe I made I up had, the Roethlisberger one. I can't find it. The other one I liked was the coach who is like begrudgingly putting Drew Brees on tier one. That that one killed me. Drew can carry his team in those pure passing situations. A head coach said he's limited in certain throws he has to make in rhythm now, but I think you can still give him a one. The, oh, the, that's the, cool! A, a courtesy one for Drew Brees, who's still an MVP candidate. Agree? Yeah, yes. Uh, this is a pretty good one for Rodgers. You know, guys like Rodgers that get put on a pedestal so high that it's hard for the coach to keep up. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good quote, right? Once a, once a player becomes Rodgers or LeBron, the coach kind of takes the brunt of it. But someone has to tell him, listen, if you do this again, I'm going to kick you right in the balls. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's who who said that? What was the, did they have a title? Uh, a coach. But then okay. a different coach had a different message for Rodgers. Please come to my team. <laughs> that's all he said. Basically, like so hey, were, you can talk, you can talk shit about him all you want. We'll take him. There were two Mahomes ones I absolutely loved. One, you play. This is a former head coach, and this quote sounds like a former head coach. You play for Andy Reid. You're going to have numbers to the point where what's his name thinks he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Called Donovan McNabb. What's his name? I thought it was a great quote. And then the other one was. And this is kind of, this is like not funny. This is big, kind of just how people think. And this applies to Derek. Mahomes hasn't been scarred yet, so he doesn't give a fuck, a head coach said. That won't change until he throws one of those across-the-field balls for a pick in the AFC Championship game, or he goes multiple years without a playoff success like Peyton did for a while. That's, I think that's an insightful quote. That's a head coach said that. I, I, the one thing that I think is a little different than Favre and there was something went viral about Favre the other day. He didn't know what nickel, the nickel defender, like just your third corner was. You know, one thing that's bared out over time is like, I don't think Favre was dumb. I just think he was kind of like from Southern Mississippi. There's just a huge learning curve. And at the same time, he was partying a lot. Mahomes is a really smart guy. Mahomes is not like this backwoods guy from Southern Mississippi. This guy's been around pro sports for a long time. Like, I think he comes in pretty equipped, just ready to roll. And he's got the perfect coach for him. Like when you, if you ask Andy about Favre, they were always like him and Holmgren and Marty and Gruden and all those guys were always trying to corral him. Like that's not the issue right. with Mahomes. It's like if anything, we were like, God, can we just keep giving him more? Is this really this easy? So I, I think it's a little bit different animal than Favre upstairs at the same age, where the skill set I do think is the closest. Like he can just do things that no one else is doing. But yeah. You know, I I think the most telling thing with Mahomes on the playoff stuff is there is some urgency on them winning because one he wasn't a rookie quarterback last year, so his clock's already this. He's going into year three now. He's got a five year contract. Cause I got news for you, they're going to pick up the fifth year option on him. Uh, so you probably got this year and then next before you probably have to pay him to go into the fifth year and buy. What do you think it is in two years? What's Mahomes a if he let's say he wins a Super Bowl in the next two years, average thirty eight million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. going to be high. So I think the times kind of now. Then your team just looks different. I would imagine though, Vici, Andy, they would be like, well, we're going to get to the point where we got to pay him big cash. We're going to feel pretty good about him being able to rise to the level of other players. So we're not that worried yeah. about him. Well, uh, I, I, it's 
I, I was so impressed last year in that playoff game when it looked like God. Mahomes is going to get shut out in this game against the Patriots. Like, welcome to the NFL. They were down 14 nothing at home, and they came out just guns blazing. Like, God, this guy, when you talk about mentally tough, hitting some adversity, how many young players in their first year as a starter in an AFC championship game at home against the dynasty? Like, the equivalent of Walsh or Jordan or fucking Yankees. Like, you are playing the team. And they are just dominating you. And it just looks like 14 nothing at half, but it felt like it was 30 to nothing. And you just come out, don't worry, we got this. Like, to me, that's a moment where you're like, we got something here. Like, obviously, you know you got something there, but it was like, we got something special here. Because that's usually where guys crumble. It's like, and I think we all would have given him the benefit of the doubt if he had a 10 for 35 game with two picks against the Patriots and they lost 28 to 3. You'd be like, well. Welcome to the league. Is that, is that how you felt when Sanchez beat New England on the no, road? No, because, because it just didn't look the same. They, they won you had three defense. touchdowns, no picks. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I mean, that was a good win no, for no, Sanchez. No, I know. I, I, yeah, I know. Here's a good one. No, it's I, a I good call. Th- and it's why... Oh, go ahead. You finish. I'm I was just going to say, here, I want to give you... Before, I want to get you... I just wanted to read this one quote, and then I want some more from you. But it's Mahomes-related. It's about luck. A personnel director. This is in the luck category said Mahomes and Luck are going to be battling for that mantle in the future because Luck is special. I think Brady is number one right now. So with the guy saying, it's going to be, once Brady's not number one, it'll be, he's, he's betting on Luck to come back to form and get become kind of what we think he could have been, could be, and Mahomes to be right there with him. This is on uh, Rivers. We played him this season, so I've been watching him. And he is just a conductor, a defensive assistant said. If you are a poor poker player and he has any sense of what you are, he knows what to do. So it is all about disguise. You have to fuck with him pre-snap or he will pick you apart. Some would like to even see Rivers in the biggest games. Don't get me wrong. I hate playing against the fucker. But I have him right there with Roethlisberger, just an inch below the top guys, the defensive coordinator said. The Chargers made the playoffs last year, but it's almost like they're stuck right there. Like, yeah, they're a good team, but they're never going to be in a championship game and never going to be in the Super Bowl. And in fairness to that guy, the only way to me they have a chance to make it to the big game is they got to play at the Home Depot Center just because of the weather. Because you look at the teams they would have to beat in big games in in January, have to go to Kansas City, have to go to New England, have to go to Pittsburgh. He's probably just not going to win that game in a 10-degree situation. Now, if you say... One game I do think he could win in Indy in the dome, like I or in Houston in a dome, like a second round playoff game. I think he could win that. Well, I think he would struggle to win the game just because of his physical limitations. In Rivers, is just like could you see him winning an AFC Championship game in New England or in Kansas City? That that's hard for me. Now, no. can you close your eyes and picture him doing it at the Home Depot Center? No, but I, you would say, well, if it's 78 degrees mid-January day, you'd have a chance, right? Yeah, I just imagine... All, all I see when I close my eyes on that, John, is is a late throw to the sideline pick six. I agree. Do you, you know what coaches... You, you know another theme yeah. of this? Whenever yeah. you see a coach talking, they're always like, like on luck, or there's a GM. They, they, people love taking a little credit away from the player... You know, Shanahan does a great job. Yeah, Frank Reich, he schemes them up. Yeah, you know, anytime you get Belichick, they love giving the coach a lot of credit. 
Well, here's a great example. Let me give you a good example of that. That this does not even sound like that, but it is. This is Russell Wilson, an offensive coach. Yeah, I was going to go remember- look for him. Okay, here we go. You'll like this one. I remember seeing Wilson coming out of college and thinking, man, this guy's not going to be able to drop back from under center. But I was a young coach not realizing, hey, dumbass, you get to construct your offense around your player's strengths. So that guy's saying, like, I'm in it. He's like, it's like being very self-critical. But he's also saying, like, oh, you just, he doesn't do some stuff well. So you, as a coach, just become smart enough to be the genius that gets the most out of him. Which is actually fair. A veteran coach said, this is about Russell too, this is pretty good. He is playing with his hands tied a little bit. Meaning, I think that the offense they run, run heavy. But I think he is going to find a way to win. It's the way I've always thought about him. He did this against us. He just keeps making throws. He was the difference in the game, really. Like I've never watched a Russell Wilson game, especially when they win, and not think like, this guy's just going to make the play. I, I think his greatest attribute in that quote on Brady with Steph Curry, I think Russ fits this probably the second best. No player in the NFL, probably maybe even more than Brady. Like, how often does Brady truly just suck for like the first three quarters? Like, maybe once a year. Like, he doesn't have that many. Usually, you can tell, like, oh, Tom's on. And that, that feels like 12 of his 16 games. Mm-hmm. And you, when do you ever watch a Monday night football game, a Sunday night football game, a Thursday night football game, a playoff game, the big game for Tom, where he's just off? Russell is much more the opposite, where you're just like, God, Seahawks look terrible. And then, boom, halfway through the third quarter, big, big throw, big throw, touchdown. They get the ball again, big throw, big throw, touchdown. All of a sudden, big throw, big throw, touchdown. They were down 20 points, now they're up a point. You're like, what the fuck? He is, to me, he's the closest thing to Steph Curry. When you're like, what is, does he even want to play today? And then it's just, boom. And he is as remarkable to me, of a player as I've ever watched in the NFL, of just a flip switch, and he becomes, you're just like, am I watching the best player I've ever seen? Right. I, I, I have, when I see slander on Russell Wilson, I get triggered. And maybe we're biased because we, we watch so much out here on the West Coast, the NFC West in general. I've seen, I feel like I've seen so many of his games. And, and to me, he has a lot of those against, like, the Niners, where it's just like, whatever, the Niners are shitty the last, like, three or four years, and he's just kind of going through the motions. And they're like, God, are the Seahawks going to lose this game? And he just, no, they're not. Because <laughs> he's going to throw the entire franchise on his back. And I think part of it, what makes him special, different than a lot of these other guys, like Derek and Jimmy and Mitch Trubisky, like, those guys are viewed as smaller-end quarterbacks because they're, they're 6'2". This guy is tiny. <laughs> so when you watch him, he legitimately looks way smaller than every player on the field where it makes it kind of cool to watch. I think there's an element of that to him, which I, I think he's as entertaining of an NFL player, any position, as I've ever watched. Like you just say, hey, you get to if you could watch Russell Wilson today, just entertain you. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. That's why I love primetime games with Seattle, just because him. I think there's an element of the Warriors that way with Steph. It's just, yeah, when he brings it, it's you've never seen anything quite like it. Yeah, his bright lights are the bright lights are well worth it for him. Yeah, like to yeah. me, LeBron is like a Brady or a Rodgers, even in his prime. Like when he was on, it was as remarkable of anything as I've ever seen. But he is at the end of the day six eight two six. Like he looks like an NBA player, right? Like Brady looks like what an NFL quarterback's supposed to look like. You know, he he's not like an outlier physically. And that's where I always think that, like, outlier physically is when they're great. 
are just so awesome. Like that's I think what makes Aaron Donald. You're like, God, this guy's six feet tall, and he's shredded like a like a linebacker. Yet he's the most dominant defensive tackle we've ever seen. Like, how is this even possible? You know, when you walk out to Niners practice, like I get why DeForest Buckner's good. I mean, he's six seven, three hundred pounds. If you walk by Aaron Donald, he's not that much taller than you, guy. I mean, seriously, think about that. That's what I think. What makes him this ultimate outlier player ever? It's like, how does this guy? When's the, when we have a defensive tackle that looks like this? And he's unblockable. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think that's going to apply to a guy uh, who was probably my biggest surprise, but reading the quotes about him shouldn't be, and that's Baker Mayfield. Um, and it's kind of the same. I, I think it's similar to what you're talking about. Like, I think my perception of Baker to some degree was, well, part of what makes him feel so special is that he's short and that it just makes the cool stuff he does look really cool, Right. And I think that's what's like to your point on Russell is Russell has all the flash of a guy that looks like he's unique, but then he also does all the other stuff that we think you got to be to be that to be that good at the little things. You have to have everything working just right for you. And he's obviously as a short guy, he doesn't have everything that you would think. And I read some of these Baker quotes because that was a guy I'm like, I'm just going to scroll this list and see what surprises me. Baker's at 14. That was a little higher than I expected. But you read some of these quotes like. People are expecting him to be a tier one guy really quickly. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the hype on him guy is as strong as it's been on any quarterback. Like Mahomes created his own hype, right? The Baker hype has come without much substance there yet. That's where I'm, I get a little nervous when that happens with players. Well, you know, like here, here's a quote, and this is one that really stood out to me about Baker. Um, this is an offensive coach who was obviously a little skeptical. He said about Baker, I put on the tape, watched his whole season, and I'm like, okay, this guy's special. I see what all the fuss is about. He can do everything. No limitations at all schematically. For him to take the next step, he's got to be a little smarter with the football, which comes with experience. I think he will get there. And then there's more, like more quotes. I think he'll be a number one, if not this season, the season after. What number was Baker? Well, at 14, which was higher than I expected. But like I said, you start reading the quotes, you go, okay, he's ahead of Cam, he's ahead of Cousins, he's ahead of Dak, he's ahead of Foles, Jimmy, Derek, Flacco, Dalton, Winston, you, Eli. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. Trubisky is 25th. But just let me just read you these two quotes because you'd be like, God, this guy okay. sounds like he's 13th. He has a really good arm. He can make a great throw. He's a good deep ball thrower. He's not afraid to stand in the pocket. He's not afraid of the noise of getting hit, which is a good sign. I just don't think he really knows what's going on yet. To me, that's like, there's a lot to work with there, and he doesn't even know what's happening yet. Then this guy goes, a little negative. He's a three, like tier three, and I like what I see, but he's more of an Andy Dalton category to me. When you get to the playoffs and things get tough, I'm not sure. Well, you know what's crazy about a quote like that? Like When he gets to the playoffs, I'm not sure. Guys, he's been in fucking one playoff game. He's 23 years old. I, I'm not sure either. I mean, we, we don't know. We'll just check back with me in like four years. Give him some more playoff games. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, no one's sure. He's been in one. He's been in 60 minutes of football in January. It's happened one time. Now he wasn't good. But when, you have to win, when he has to win the game for you, I'm just not sure. Yeah, no one's sure. That's, that's the one problem with this. Because I was thinking a lot of these, court, these coach <laughs> rankings we talked about. 
<coughs> the other day. Think how stupid it is, guy, to try to compare like Kyle Shanahan to Andy Reid. Like it's it's not even a possible parallel. One guy has been a head coach for two seasons. The other guy's been a head coach for twenty. Like we just talk sample size. Like I can compare Andy and Sean Payton. I can compare Andy and Mike Tomlin. I can't compare Sean McVay to Bill Belichick. Like you just you guys been a head coach for two years. What's gonna happen when shit goes wrong? Like to me, the coach like with players. I can compare Aaron Donald to Khalil Mack. They've been in the league, give or take, the same time. I can compare Roethlisberger even to Luck. You know, Luck's been in the league seven. Roethlisberger's been in the league 12 or 13. You can just, you can do some coaches. How can I compare a second-year well, coach to a guy who's been in the league 30 years? It's a, it's a great point, right? It's like comparing the health of a marriage between somebody who's been married for 25 years and somebody who's been married for two and a half years. Like, Part of the deal is getting to twenty five years. They don't right? even, yeah, it's just it's just insane. Like he's a great leader. Well, he's been in charge two years. Like <clears throat> part of being a leader is not wearing everybody out over the course of ten years, five. Like years, I, because I can compare right a draft class. Yeah, what quarterback would you rather have? They're the same age. They've been in school at the same time. We, we same little sample size. I can compare the Niners and the Raiders. Both of them been franchises for fifty plus years. They both been in the Bay Area. You know, obviously the Raiders been here a little less because they left for a minute. But, like, we could do some comparison. But I cannot, with a straight face, compare Sean McVay and Sean Payton. Like, they just one guy's been coaching since 05. The other guy's been coaching since 2017 as a head coach. And uh, so, yeah, when I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not either. That's why I think it's really hard for, like, probably third year and under guys to even properly rank. Because there is... Aren't there going to be some people that make some quotes here on Darnold, Allen, or or Baker, for example? They're going to look really stupid in three years. One guy, I mean, what if Baker just... It's He's going to be hard to fail because he is accurate. But people are talking about him like he's going to be a franchise quarterback. And he was obviously drafted number one. But let's just see how things happen. I don't know. We got a small fucking sample size. But here, here's the positive thing on Trubisky. Even though they have Khalil... And some high-juice guys, it is his team, offensive coordinator said. That's how it appears from the outside. And talking to people there, he's an awesome guy. His production is not great, but I think he has the ability. I think he is going to get better. He has what you need in terms of leadership at that position. That's the other thing, guy, is I think what was so telling about Carr's quotes is the NFL, and I would just sports leagues in general, baseball, basketball are the same. Most of your friends, if you're a scout or a coach in the NFL, are going to be what? Other scouts and coaches. You have the most in common. You spend a lot of time with them. And the way the sports work, you might have worked with them or have a lot of crossover work. You just talk. And part of your job is always talking to those people about what you're doing, trying to improve, or you know, just find out little tidbits. So your relationships, for the most part, besides like your family, if you, if you ask typical, like, who's your typical, if you ask uh, just a, Quarterback coach in the NFL. Name your top 10 friends, non-family members. Besides, like, people that got, if he played, like he played with. Like, friends. What percent would those be other coaches in the league, you think? High? Uh, yeah, I think it'd be high. I think there's always just, like, uh, my my wide receiver from college is, like, my best friend. That, that's what right? I'm saying. I mean, you stuff some like of those. that. But I'm just saying, like, you're... Who would you consider your highest professional friends, even? Like, right. people you've yeah. met in professionally, then you become good friends with. Because when you meet someone professionally that you then like, you do have a lot in common with that guy, probably, because you're working in a similar profession. And coaching is one where you have no life. 
So a lot of these people's opinions, and this is where I am might be wrong on my theory with Derek, but where my theory wouldn't be, he's getting that information from somebody, potentially in the building they're crushing him. Like you read Trubisky, who's done way less than Derek, who is clearly a major work in progress, the way the league thinks about him, and a lot of that is probably they know a guy in the Bears staff, they're like, I'm telling you, Mitch is fucking great. People are right. just talking about these guys highly. So I think a lot of these people's opinions of coaches, unless they're saying like a coordinator when we game-planned against them, but if they're talking about him as a person, while it's second-hand knowledge, it's usually pretty good second-hand knowledge because they probably know a coach on the staff with them. Yeah, it's an important distinction, and I think what it does is when you make a list and you rank them, it's like you put them in concrete. But the fact is, these are a lot of these are just measuring, taking a snapshot of trends in a moment in time, right? It's like Garoppolo's one spot ahead of Derek, but if we really looked at what their trend looked like, you'd say they're saying more positive things now than they did two years ago about Jimmy, and they're saying more negative things now than they did two years ago about Derek. And so they really, it's almost like it feels like they're going opposite directions. Not that you can't reverse that trend, but that's why a guy low on the list can have more positive things said about him than somebody high on the list because it's about where was he last year, where do we think he's going. But see, here would be a thing like uh, Jimmy could go, Jimmy to me has the greatest chance of being dead last after this year, simply like breaks his leg week four, you know, or just a whatever injury knocks him out for the season. Every quote would be the same. Can't trust him, always hurt. Not reliable, not durable. I, I wouldn't mess with him because he'll he'll screw you because he'll always right. get hurt. Or he could be 11-win 49ers, throws 35 touchdowns. I knew this guy was great. He just had to stay healthy. He has all the skill set to be a top 5-6 quarterback. He'd be, you know, this guy's got tier 1 ability, and he'd be ranked like 8th on this next year. Derek, to me, Derek could have a shitty season, get cut, and next year be the head, the coach for the Bengals. And it could look a lot more positive. Like, it wasn't easy with Antonio Brown, nuts, Gruden's nuts. I would have taken a flyer on this guy, too. He showed a couple signs in some games. No one can win there. They're moving. They're screwed. It's Right? The trends can change even when you do shitty and just go on to a new place. Right. So, I, you're right. This is not... This is more... To me, this list is a little bit more of the... It's all about intangible shit, I think. Oh, and some of it's like, yeah, you can make the throws. But you read a lot of this stuff, it's like, this is the type of guy you want to go to war with. Brady's so consistent. Rodgers, like the knock on Rodgers is like, yeah, his head gets a little big. He can be an asshole, but he's so good, I take him. To me, this is like an intangible list from the coaches, the GMs, and the assistant coaches around the league. Which I, I would right. say, if you're Chicago, like you just read that, and I, I know people there, and they think highly of him. That they would just go, the reason we believe in this guy, yeah, he's a work in progress, is because of the person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the reason people believe in Baker, I think is a little bit, I mean, obviously the Browns believe in the person, the cockiness, the attitude, the, the moxie, but it's like his skill set of being super accurate is what really get, is, gives him the chance. He's super accurate. Like, Mitch is not at all, but everyone's like, I'm telling you, and this is where you get in trouble. Like, sometimes you believe too much in the guy. Like, I love Trubisky. The guys rally around him. I just love seeing He's always so positive. When I see him in the lunchroom, in the breakfast, he comes into work happy. But it's like, God, he just can't make the throw on third and nine. <laughs> right? Then you'll lose. You know, it's third and nine in a playoff game. You lost. Well, that's why, to me, and I know it's like we're splitting hairs because one of these guys is six and one of them is eight, and it's like, whatever, by the ranking system, 1.40. 
to 1.47. But Phillip Rivers should not be ahead of Russell Wilson, in my mind. If I Based had a game, what- I, I know this. If I had to start a team from scratch this year, I would I wouldn't even hesitate to take Russell Wilson. There would be zero thought would cross my mind to take Russell Wilson over Philip Rivers. I I would take Russell Wilson. Now he's just way younger, so it's just I take him over Breeze. Now if it was just a one year deal, I'll take my chance with Brady and Rodgers. I think Wilson might be three. I mean, it'd be like between him and Luck. I mean, yeah, I I'd probably take Luck, but I'm just saying like that's to me his level. Like to me, he's what number do you say Russell Wilson is? Eight. Eight. That's insane. That's behind just... Roethlisberger, Rivers. I'd take him over Roethlisberger. Yeah. Luck right now. Uh, Mahomes, <laughs> Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers. I also think, and I get why he does it this year, because all these guys started last year. I would put last year's crop, Baker, Josh, Sam, Lamar. Josh. Josh. Allen. Allen Rosen. I, I'd put them in their own little crew. They, to me, should be just like 27 through 32. And it's basically like trending up, neutral, or I'm not sure. Because it's just, how do you even judge a guy? Off? Like I heard Kruko say yesterday, watching Giants game, whoever that kid was that started for him, they brought him up from uh, AAA. He's like, to be honest, whenever I watch a guy, good or bad, in their you know debut as a pitcher, I throw the first two innings away. It's not even fair. I mean, that first inning, as a human, you don't even remember it five years later. You're just... The fucking dreams of your life are coming true. And then the second inning, you're like, starting to hit you. Like, I'm pitching a game here. And then by the third inning, it becomes muscle memory. You're just a pitcher. It's just a game. But it's like, I kind of look at that as a rookie season. It's why Mahomes and Ben Simmons and Blake Griffin, and the NFL luckily doesn't do it like this. Like, to give a MVP or, I mean, a rookie of the year award to a second-year player is so stupid when you think about it. Even if you don't play, you're just around it. You just realize you got some cash. <laughs> like, you are you just kind of live in the life. Like, Mahomes, totally. every day of practice with Andy Reid. With like Josh Allen, you just show up to Buffalo. You're like, yeah, you're the starter now. I mean, that's that rookie year for a quarterback, especially now, where they, they play, for the most part, immediately, is kind of nuts. And, I, and I'm a believer they should play right away. But just think of the pressure. Because clearly, quarterbacks and NBA stars are by far our most famous athletes in America right now. There are, there are as Coward would say, there are royalty kind of, you know, in like celebrities. But like in Europe, it's the soccer players. But here, it's quarterbacks and top 10 NBA players. And then immediately you just start at 23 years old. Especially some of these guys. Like Josh Allen came from fucking Wyoming. And you're just starting quarterback. Buffalo Bills. New England, week one. Get ready. See ya. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's why I think when I talk about Jimmy, now he's way different because he's been in the league a long time, but I, I got to see you play more games. I just, and it, I, I'm a little jaded because I watched the first year when Vic came back from prison. Well, he actually was on the team a year before I got there. And that second year, Cobb got hurt and he just started. Remember, I mean, you watch some of the games. He was as remarkable of a player like, Michael Vick is phenomenal. This guy's going to win an MVP in this league. And then more tape got out a second year and he just became below-average quarterback. Now, I'm not saying he had his limitations or whatever. He got injured a lot. But it just... I, I always think this with quarterbacks... Like, in the NBA, you know pretty quick because you play a couple seasons, you just rack up a lot of games. Like, in the NFL, if you if you play one year, like Baker, he started, I think, 12 games last year. It's 12 games total. 
not even that much. I mean, think how many games like Rodgers started the last like ten. So it's just how does he look in three more years? Now that's that's not a fun topic because like well, you're just saying wait. No, I'm not. I love talking about this shit, but I I, I just it's just hard. And I I, I saw it with Kaepernick. And Russell was kind of the other way. Remember the first couple of years of Russell Wilson? It was like, ah, this guy's just game manager, gets lucky, right. plays a good team. No, he, he good was... Good defense, good running back. He was building his base to become a dominant... Like, he yeah. was building his moat. To, so the castle was going to own the the stake of the country. Well, I think he just... Um, that analogy. He got to do, he got to do a lot of high-level things where you usually expect that a quarterback has to be great to be in the position that he was in. And he got to develop himself after having all these crazy experiences like got to play in these big games got to just yeah. play every yeah everything mattered his picks if he threw a pick even if he was only throwing 15 times a game was under a microscope yeah you're right well i think and that's where i think with a lot of these young guys like josh allen it was probably super crazy for him last year but there was zero pressure on the bills right so what's going to happen in a year? Let's say the Bills go like 7-9 and nine this year, and they're kind of a trendy pick next year when people have a ton of pressure on them. And I think that's with Baker. Like everyone's, everyone, me, you, to everyone all across the country, if you're a football fan, you're keeping an eye on Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And that was not the case last year. And I think that happened to Jimmy last year, right? Everyone's like, everyone was kind of blowing Jimmy. Now he gets to kind of flow, reflow under the radar. And that's where when you become a great player, like Roethlisberger, Eli, Brady, Rodgers, now Russell. These guys, every game they've played in for the last, each one's a little different, but countless years, every game's pressure. Like, every game they're expected to be Pro Bowl. You know, that that to me is separate. Like, we saw it with Kaepernick. He couldn't he couldn't do it. Once we're like, okay, this guy's a superstar. Well, eh, no. Yeah. Well, all right, what's the guy? Now, your turn again. A guy too high or too low, a ranking that stood out to you. Uh, you already told me his name, so you shouldn't have to look for him if you forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Cam Newton at 15, tier three. Yeah, to me, I, I would just put him, he should have just been in his own category if you're putting him in tier three because he's been injured and it's just been a little weird there. Because when he's on, in what Really world, him and the guy after him What apply. What number is he? 15? Well, he's 15 and Kirk Cousins is 16. <laughs> like, come on. Well... In what world is Baker Mayfield ahead of Cam Newton? As we see, well, the here one today. where Cam gets hurt, that world, I think. Man, he's been hurt. He's had a mess up shoulder. Now, yeah. if you tell so me, so I think that's that. His shoulder. Like, I'm more offended him being one the one spot ahead of Kirk than one spot behind Baker. Yeah, I just struggle. Now, if you, if you want to preface it, I think his shoulder's messed up. He's never going to be the same. Then you win the argument. But if it's like he's going to come back, but he's still flawed. Well, I know when he comes back and he's still flawed, he's better than Jared Goff. <laughs> Like I, I, if I'm getting 100% Cam Newton, he's 100%. He keeps me up later at night. In Jared Goff, and I like Jared Goff. He keeps me up later at night. Deshaun Watson, and I like Deshaun Watson. Matt Stafford, <laughs> I like him more than Matt Stafford. And does I he like keep Matt you up? Stafford. Hey, does he keep you up later than Philip Rivers? No, I mean it, it starts stopping there. Okay, but Matt Ryan. Like, Cam Newton's won an MVP. Like on any given day, Cam Newton can throw 400 yards and run for two touchdowns. He's a dominant player. Like he, Cam Newton's a really good player. I do you know the most fascinating guy on this list, guy, and maybe just the most polarizing guy when you really dig into like NFL people. 
because I think they all just get kind of a football erection when you talk about Matt Stafford. Like, God, if I could have that guy. God, if we could have him. God, if we could have used him in our system. I Do you ever meet, or I mean, I, I don't, this guy wouldn't come up if you just met someone in the NFL, but if you read about people that talk about the NFL and Stafford comes up, they are always really bullish on him. They're always like, God, that guy's a that guy's a dude. You know? It may be too yeah. late now in the ship. But that's sales. the thing is I think part of it is he feels young. Well, he's not that old. I think he's like thirty. He's on his fourth contract or third contract. How old do you think Matt Stafford is? Uh, uh thirty one. Yeah, just he turned thirty one in February. But you'd say didn't didn't Rich Gannon resurrect his career when he was thirty two years old? Is when he met up with John Gruden. I think he won the MVP at like thirty four. I mean, look at Kurt Warner was older when he had the second run in Arizona. Is it crazy to think now it's not going to happen in Detroit? I think the shitty thing for Stafford's going to be more than likely fourteen of his eighteen years are going to be spent with the Lions. Is Gruden going to trade like a bunch of ones for him? I don't think that's nuts. I know this. The league likes Matt Stafford, I'd say, consistently more than any other player that most casual fans think, eh, he's not that great. Okay, Raiders get the second pick, so they're not going to get Tua. You would draft a guy before you do that. Now, would you give, like, two twos for him? Like, to me, he's at the point who would, now. Who would draft? You're saying the Raiders would take a quarterback at two instead of trading for Matt Stafford? You can't. Matt Stafford's not getting the number two overall pick. I'm just saying, like, are you telling me Gruden doesn't want, there's no chance Gruden watch tapes and go, I like Stafford better than the second best quarterback in this class? But it's, but it's like, now Gruden's liable because he's nuts. But name me, name me a 32-year-old quarterback that is not making the playoffs gets traded for the number two overall pick. Yeah. Just, to me, the precedent's kind of set, like Alex Smith-type deal. You just get twos. But he's better. But, like, I think he's... Well, I know, but you can't now. give the number two Even overall Even though Bleacher pick Report said Alex Smith the 25-best quarterback of all time. They did say that? I saw the screen grab of the list, and I had no interest in that click. Do you know what I appreciate, and I'm going to start doing this, is when you see something you hate... You don't you don't quote the tweet. You screen grab it. So no you don't clicks. link it. You don't give them the credit. Nope. No clicks. No click. I like it. Uh, how about cousins though? Right behind Cam. Well, this is, is to me much? a huge year for Kirk Cousins. Every single comment was, "I don't trust him in big spots." Uh, I, I I get concerned with him when it counts. Said a GM. Uh, but when the when there are thirty seconds to go in the game and you need to make a play, dot dot dot. It's the entire league goes, yeah, he's good. You can win some games if your team's good. But when it's quote-unquote nut-cutting time, nut-cutting, is it like hard to cut nuts? You know, because you don't cut testicles. So, like, are we talking actual nuts? Is it hard to break walnuts? I I love that phrase. I don't really know what it means, I'll be honest. No clue. Uh, Uh, Like verbatim, like what it actually means. No. But I just the league does not think. Well, I have I have it here. I I would have thought it was like nuts are hard to crack. So now you're trying to cut them. Um, well, nut cutting time originally refers to the effort required to remove a rusted or stripped nut. Yeah, it's just one of those those phrases that a that a famous coach must have used a long time ago, and now everyone uses it. Because I I would imagine if you asked the GM that's using that, like, could you describe nut cutting time to me? The origin of it, they have no well, clue. We don't know a lot of people that work on the railroad anymore. Uh, here's an interesting part of this. I guess those the would exec- have been stakes. He, he, he can throw the ball. I think he's good. I question his makeup a little bit. 
I'd probably leave him as a two, but he has the innate ability to get everybody pissed at him. That's kind of <laughs> Isn't that kind of interesting? <laughs> yes. Well, chip on the shoulder guy can do that. Well, chip on your shoulder guy that is really intelligent, I think that's his combination. Like, he's a really smart guy, but he's got this, I am a top five quarterback, yet you, you're looking at me right now, and you look at me like I'm a tw- the 12th best quarterback in the league. So he's fighting like this ghost that's not even there. Like, there's some of that with Rodgers on a much, much higher level. But it's like, Cousins, just you fucking just got $85 million all guaranteed. You've been franchised twice. You've made $130 million playing football. My math could be off. Could be more than that. Just, bro, just play. How do you like that? Well, right? remember, that's, remember that's last kinda... year, Thielen snapped on him because he's like you were open. Because he's like throw the goddamn ball. Remember that on the sideline? Yeah. It, 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 you know the hard part about quarterback guy because you see these people kind of go back and forth. They're like, I love his fire. Like I, I love the Brady just. Lights everyone, gets everyone going. This guy can rally the troops. But then there's like this balance of like, he's got this ability to piss everyone off. Like, do you think people just get pissed off when deep down they're like, is this guy good enough to be screaming at me? Like Brady or Rivers or... Well, I think one thing people really hate is you think you're better than than you are. Not, Not even you think you're better than me, but like... What is she doing? What moving her hair about like that? She's not even that hot. Like all that kind of stuff. Anything in that category is why do you think you're better than you are? Just is an automatic hate. Why do you think you're better looking than you are? Why do you think you're more talented than you are? Why do you think you're taller? Why do you act like you're taller than you are? Like all that stuff. Why do you think like you're a good shooter and pick up hoops when you can't shoot? Like anything in the category of why do you think you're just pisses people off like immediately. To it's just form. it's just a human trait that we all have. Yes. I would probably agree with that. Now, you would probably, in Kirk Cousins' case, he's like, well, if I didn't believe that I was actually better than I was, I would never have made it this far as a first-round pick. 100%. It's now, not a bad quality. All It's not necessarily a bad quality. But I do think the human element of it all, right, there is, once you get like over 30, I, I've noticed this. I always thought like, you know, as a guy, you really mature from 18 to 22. And my greatest maturity growth, I think, in my life was that. But I feel like mentally, the last three or four years, I've become a lot stronger and just been able to have a better feel, just just feel for everything. And I, I would imagine humans just say, and you just read about it, the older you get, the more wisdom you have or whatever. I think it's like, Kirk Cousins, you're not 25 anymore. So you like pick the worst spots to yell at me if I'm a wide receiver. Like you have a feel for the room. I kind of think that's what this exec's saying. Like I question his makeup a little bit. Like he just he doesn't quite get what he doesn't get, which is weird for a smart guy, right? Because you go, well, the way he made it was being super smart. Yeah, yeah, but smart and feel are not. You know, you don't always possess. No, I think they're they're completely. And sometimes there's a level of smart where you're like, you don't need to be any smarter. If you could take some of those smart points and put them on feel, that would be ideal, right? Well, that's why I remember. Didn't we talk about like six months ago? It wasn't six months, maybe three months ago. In OTAs, one of the stories was Mike Zimmer starting to give Kirk Cousins a lot of different looks. Mike, he's not a second year player. He's been in the league seven years now. He's with Washington four franchise twice. He's in his second year. That'd be six. So we're talking about a veteran player here. Like, you're giving him looks because you're just trying to, like, sharpen the you know sharpen the knife. I get it. But you're acting like, you know, these looks, that's that to me is a pretty big red flag. 
Yeah. He, he's he's a bizarre player because he's not bad, but he's not good. But he makes a shit ton of money, and he doesn't get a pass because it's like, well, he's just playing for the Lions or whatever. Like he's on a team that you went when I over the summer met a buddy in Tahoe, works in the league. We went out to dinner, drinking, just bouncing things off. I'm like, what would the Vikings record be with Aaron Rodgers? He didn't even hesitate. He's like fifteen and one worse. You know, it's like, yeah, if I told you Aaron Rodgers on the Vikings, who would be your Super Bowl pick for the NFC? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> It'd be them. But you're like, are we sure the Vikings are going to make the playoffs? But uh, Rodgers the high end. Let's just say, let's just say like Deshaun Watson was their quarterback. How about Dak? Yeah, Dak. You'd go, they're a playoff team, right? His cousins are, do you feel like the Vikings are going to be in the playoffs as we sit here July 22nd? I think, I think it could be a really weird year. But you wouldn't be shocked, like, if they won 10 games, right? But you also wouldn't be shocked if they went, like, 6-10. and 10. It'd be hard. They'd have too much talent to go 6-10. and 10, but 6-10 like, and 10 would surprise me more than 10-6. Th- to me, their 8-8 eight and eight looks shitty. Because you're like, right. God, you're a 12-win team. To me, they go 8-8 eight and eight this year. It'd be hard to trade Cousins, huh? Even on the one year at a lot of money. But some teams that are going to have cap space need a quarterback. I would say he's no lock to be on the team next year. He, he is a tradable player. Expiring contract, no dead money the following year. Take a flyer them, on him. Yeah, them missing the playoffs would be, a, I think, a massive fa- I mean, no, I'm not out on a limb here. Massive failure, right? Well, are, are they a two-playoff team division? Yeah. You mean instead of three? Well, you, you don't... LaFleur? You think the Bears remake it? Yeah, I think the Bears go back to the playoffs. And the Packers are out? Yeah, I think the Packers are the question there, aren't they? And the Lions suck? It's actually a sneaky when you kind of take a step back, even their flawed division. It's not really the division you'd want to play because you're like, their worst team still has Matt Stafford. Then the third worst team still on paper has a decent roster, and they have Aaron Rodgers. Their coach has a torn Achilles. And then the other two teams are just stacked rosters. You just... I, I, I do think there's a curveball in that division. I'm not sure what. I, I don't – it's just – Well, it, because right now, if you I think if you nailed everybody – if you put it, pin everybody down, people would not put the Packers in the playoffs. But if the Packers were in the playoffs, you'd go, yeah, they got Aaron Rodgers. Of course they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they would be the least – like if the Packers made it. it and this is going to suck for LaFleur. Like Rodgers would get the credit. Yeah, Rodgers just locked back in. You know? He doesn't even really like LaFleur. But anything else from this list? No, I, do, uh, I mean hit? this. This gave us an hour and a half podcast, didn't it? Sando, thank you, Mike. The great Sandu. By the way, speaking of uh, throwing out your first inning, Tim Lincecum's comes first career inning. I think a lot of us remember base hit to Jimmy Rollins. I remember it vividly, John. The home run to Shane Victorino, but then he strikes out Utley, Howard, and Rowan. Works around a walk to Pat Burrell, but he strikes all three guys out swinging. Do you agree with that? Like, you know, you, you can't put much into a guy's debut in baseball. Well, especially that one, remember, was Sunday Night Baseball. Like, it wasn't just a debut. It was national TV against an incredible lineup. And Cole Hamels was pitching for the Phillies. It's why, even back to Rory, I would give Rory a little room for error on the first hole. Like, he got a double bogey on the first hole. Like, I get it. Like, hey, he hasn't felt that much pressure probably since he was a teen. 
But then, like, by a hole three or four, and he did kind of get a roll, and he finished really. Like, it was like, guys, does pressure get to this guy a little bit? And you'd say, yeah, but it does. And that's probably why the reason Rory or, you know, some of the quarterbacks on this list, they do get affected situationally in the fourth quarter because their talent, you know. One of the quotes in there that kind of bothered me, it was like, everything went wrong in Atlanta last year. I'm kind of just remembering the way I read it. And their defense sucked, and Matt Ryan didn't elevate the team. Well, I, whenever I watched Atlanta and I, you played a lot of their players in fantasy, they were scoring a lot of points. Like, his numbers looked pretty good. Now, I'd have to really do a deep dive. Was he shitty early in games when the games were tighter? I, I just I know this. By about week three, they had a historic amount of defensive injuries. Like, four of their starting 11 players who were their best four get were out. And it was just because if you watch them on a on a weekly basis, it'd be like God, they're in a shootout right now. Like I I don't put that as much on the quarterback. And again, maybe I have a soft spot for Matt Ryan. Yeah, but I don't feel like because he's basically I don't know if he really elevates guys to the next level. Like why he's not a tier one guy, and I, I I disagree there a little. Yeah, he gets treated sometimes like a rich man's cousin. I know, I, Rich. I was gonna say he gets treated like just Kirk a more cousins? accomplished, like like he's basically yeah. Kirk Cousins. He just won a little bit more. Yeah. Like they're equals. Like, no. Right. Could you argue that Matt Ryan would go, why am I considered an equal to Phillip Rivers? I've done more than him. Right? Yeah. Because Rivers, you'd say, gets a lot more credit for a guy that doesn't have as many pelts on the wall as you think. For sure. How many, like, how many times Phillip Rivers won the division? Once? Twice? Like, he... Again, I, I, I think Rivers... I'd, I'd like him to be, one, I'd like to be friends with him. Two, I love watching him play. I think he's fantastic, and he deserves the credit. But if I was just playing Twitter egg to my comment, I'd go, what has Phillip Rivers really ever done? And, and the one thing you'd say, well, he's played on some pretty good teams, guy. It's not like he's just played on, well, he's, his teammates were always shitty. No, he's played with Hall of Famers and pretty stacked teams. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great organization, historically. Yeah. Like, you'd say he's elevated that organization. 100%. They're, they're kind of like the Clippers of Southern California, right? Of football. Just, yeah, just of the sport. Not even of Southern California. Yeah, it's probably true. All right, on that note. Adios. Peace. See ya. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.